I'm surprised, even if they didn't have anything, I'm surprised they didn't at least mention it or, you know, have something to say. I was looking forward to, to, to something in that realm since we were talking um, software. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hey, this is Nika Monford, aka Tech Savvy Diva. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, aka Brother Tech. And welcome to the SnobOS Show, the show for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. Um, we are recording a little bit later than normal today. Had some technical difficulties on yesterday. If you're a Patreon supporter, you have the deets on that. Um, again, if you want to get behind the scenes info like that, even an epic tech meltdown <laughs> um you can visit our patreon site uh visit at, at patreon.com slash novel s to get all the details about how to become a patreon supporter to watch our show and to get exclusive content and we do want to thank our current patreon supporters um for allowing us to bring exclusive content with that being said, we're going to go ahead and kick off the show this week. It's pretty much going to be all Apple and no then some this week. As uh, many of you know or may not know, um, WWDC, which is the Worldwide Developer Conference uh, from Apple, uh, started on Monday. And Monday um, was the keynote address. And during that keynote address, uh, they announced quite a few things. It was a lot of things that were announced. And I'm sure by now you've heard all the recaps and seen a lot of the things. So what we want to do is we want to tell you, our listeners, what our faves were. So we are going to kick it off with, um, we're going to start with some hardware because that's what they start off in the keynote. So Terrence, we'll start with you. Uh, any favorites from the hardware portion of the announcement? Um, not really, uh, to be honest. Uh, they announced uh, that new 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro with the M2, uh, which is the next-gen uh, processor, and the MacBook Air, which mm-hmm. lost the wedge look. It looks similar to the MacBook Pros that came out last fall with the M1 Pro and M1 Max. So if you can imagine that gray, um, I guess it'd just be a flat design. Uh, A lot of people like the previous generation MacBook Air because it had that little uh, wedge. I'll call it a cheese wedge. (laughs) A little bit of a slip to it. (laughs) Yeah, they got rid of that uh, for the MacBook Air. But that has the M2 chip and it has all the new features, all the faster processor, all of the better lighting, better audio, better graphics processing, all that. So they came out with those two devices, the 13-inch MacBook Pro and a 13-inch MacBook Air, which kind of gives a nice little lineup since you added the 14 and the 16-inch MacBook Pros that came out last fall. Uh, That's a nice little lineup for the... Uh, laptops. I didn't have necessarily a favorite because I'm not running out to buy any of these. But if I did have to say one thing I liked was the price. Uh, The entry level price for the MacBook Air starts at about Mm $11.99. And then I think the MacBook Pro starts off at $13.99 or $12.99. I can't remember the actual one. It's $12.99. Which isn't that far off of the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air of old. So uh, you get new features, you get a more powerful processor at about a couple hundred dollars difference. So the question I would ask people out there is, well, the yeah, you have options, right? You have the M1 13 inch MacBook Pro out and you also have now the M2 MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air. Uh, the question or charge or problem good problem to have is that people are that are out on the market right now what device do you get well if you're out on the market brand brand new and you want a brand new device latest and greatest obviously you're going to get the macbook pro with the m2 processors if you're trying to save a little bit of money 
that M1 used, I would say, if you are budget crunching and budgeting, you're not going to miss out on anything, I guess is what I'm getting to with the M1 of the old generation. I say old, it's only a couple <laughs> years old. Uh, you won't do any wrong with that, but if you're looking to get uh, stay up to current, uh, the MacBook Pro or the MacBook Air with the M2 processor probably be the one you want to get. Right. And again, um, there are some new colors. Of course, they have the standard silver and space gray, but they also have a starlight, which is kind of like a gold and a midnight, which is looks like like a a, a really deep blue. It looks it looks really good. Right. Um, right. So it's not, it's not you, matte black. It's It's not the same color as the keyboard. If you're familiar with the newer keyboards, they have the, the black keys and the black keyboard background. The new Midnight or whatever they're calling it, um, it's dark, but it's not yeah. a universal slab like you think of an iPhone. You think yeah. of an iPhone, you know, the front end is just all black. You're, you're going right. to get a little bit different, uh, right. different uh, contrast with the different colors. Right. And one of our listeners who is also a friend of mine um, up in D.C., um, she texted me this morning and she was like, um, I think I'm just going to go ahead and get a, a, a MacBook Air because she likes the airline. And she was like, I don't think it's really that big of a difference. I was like, well, if you're trying to upgrade, I was like, I would wait um, because the M2 is going to give you a big boost from the previous um air versions um and she was like okay all right and so i think she said she's thinking about the starlight color because again, so she was going to buy what before you told she was her going to buy that? an air she was just going to buy a regular one of the the lat the air the cheese that's currently out. yeah yeah mm -hmm. um and i was like if i were you and you're going to spend that kind of money i would wait until the fall and and get the m and get the m2 um air I was like, it is, because she was like, I don't think it's a really big difference. I was like, in processor and performance, it's going to be a big bump, I Well, think. For, for her, uh, surprisingly, well, I don't know her. I'm not going to put words <laughs> in her mouth. <laughs> but the processor and all the specs may not amount to a hill of beans for her. What would be a big difference is the battery life and the quietness those old wedge cheese wedge MacBook Airs still have the fans in them. I can I know because I have two of them in my house right now, especially with my mm -hmm. daughter. Anytime she gets on the computer now, that fan spins up and it's like mm -hmm. if not sounds like it's gonna die, but you can tell it's you showing this song. It's doing something, yeah. Right. And those yeah. those Macs are old enough to where after if she let's just say she went and saved some money and went and got an old one. I'd say after a couple months, that fan would be noticeable for her right. so and the battery life right these yeah. newer m1 m2 processors um you can get all day battery life without having to worry about plugging it in like you used to right so those right. would be the two features that i would suggest to her as to why she would upgrade all these specs and things i'm not really a fan i'll be honest i'm not really a yeah. fan of all the the nits and the the MBTUs and the, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I know what they equate to. I know what it means, but like, I'm, I don't, when I'm talking to people and they're interested in buying a new computer, I try to give them like real world things yeah. that you could, you should be concerned about. And battery life is one and <laughs> not disturbing people when the fan kicks in would be another one. Yeah. Because she does have an older air. And um, she's the type of person that kind of holds on to things. She just got a new Apple Watch. I think she may have been on like the third, like series three, and yeah. she just <laughs> upgraded. So she holds on to devices for for a bit until you know it's either you know they're on their last leg or it's like you know it's it's time for something new. And I told her I was like in a few months it'll be out, and I was like it'll it'll give you the performance boost. Um, that, you know, you will probably appreciate. And she was like, okay. And again, those will be available um, next, next month. month. Yep, yep. So I was like, give it a month. Um, the price isn't bad at all. Um, and it's it comes in your, your standard uh, memory, eight gigabytes, 
up to 16 and 24. Um, storage typical starting at 256 goes up to 512 and uh, one and two terabytes. So um, I, you know, we both just got uh, the new MacBook Pro, the 16 inch in October. So um, I was like, okay, that's cool. It didn't really kind of turn me either way. I think I like the colors, but other than that, um, that's pretty much it for me on the phase of the hardware. Now let's get into the real meat and potatoes of the announcement. We pretty much got a almost full, I won't say full, an almost full slate of software updates. iOS 16, iPad OS 16, we're getting a new Mac OS Ventura, and um, Watch OS 9. So I guess we can start off with um, iOS 16. I think that's probably one of the the bigger ones, any faves or favorite features from Iowa 16 that you're looking forward to? Uh, probably it's going to be the uh, shared iCloud library uh, that solves a problem of multiple users in my family who use iPhones and take pictures, like family trips, things of that nature. Having to corral all of those pictures for a family trip, the shared iCloud library, once you select it and people to understand, okay, now you can take this picture. And if we're in proximity of each other or we're taking pictures of the same things, you can set it to where that will automatically upload to a shared iCloud library that anybody that has access to it, you can get those pictures versus having to go around to each device and begging people to upload, upload them to the shared library. You turn it on, take the pictures and the uh, cloud and the photos is smart enough to know, okay, you want to put these in the cloud, but you can specify like if you, if I've got pictures on my phone that are just mine, that don't need to be in the quote unquote family shared library. I can select those to stay on the device or in my own uh, iCloud account. So that was a good one. Another one would be the lock screen. Uh, there are a lot of customization that you can do to the lock screen, adding widgets, similar like to adding complications to a watch face. Um, I'm not really all that jazzed about the, uh, send and unsend, um, text messages. It'll, it'll it come was in fun. Handy. It was, yeah. And it was fun on Twitter because folks were getting jokes off, of course. Yeah. And of course, that's what people do really not understanding yeah. that. Um, if you send a message, you have 15 minutes to either unsend it or edit the message after the 15 minutes expires. It's in kind, it's in stone, similar to any other message. So I saw people on Twitter is like, oh, you know, uh, toxic, you know, whatever, whatever comments yeah. that people put out there. You the know, the U ups they were talking about, if you want to take that back, or I know I saw some people talking about, um, you know, sending getting pictures. receipts. A lot of things yeah. that people do on Twitter is they'll put yeah. up Twitter conversations and they're like, oh, you won't be able to do that with this new idea. Yes, you will. You just won't be able to do it within the 15 minutes. So if I make a grammatical error or I send out something and that's not true or whatever the case may be, like I say, okay, I'll be there in 15 minutes. And then five minutes later, I get into a traffic jam. I can unsend that 15. I'll be there in 15 minutes and more like 35. Right. right. But that's about it. Yeah. You know, people are going to pick at it, but you know, yeah, okay. it's not as a big deal as people think it's going to be. Right. I think, you know, I think people, once the internet gets a hold to it and kind of spin it in the direction that they want, it it takes on a whole new life and it's like, it's not quite that same way. I think for me, the lock screen was the, was probably the biggest thing for me. Just the amount of of things you can now do with the lock screen you won't, for a lot of things that you care about, say if you've got an Uber coming or if you're watching a game, those type of things, you'll be able to see from the lock screen. You can set what you want to see or what you care about seeing on the lock screen so that you don't have to unlock your phone to go into an app to do a certain thing. Um, right. And Apple, also, Apple calls those live activities. But if you're familiar with live tiles from Windows Phone, uh, you'll remember you'll get at a glance information. And like, for instance, right now, you can put widgets on your home screen uh, of your iPhone, not necessarily lock screen, but the home screen. 
mm-hmm. or not the not the home screen. Yeah, you can't put them on the home. It's screen. the home screen. Yeah, but it's not. It's static information. It's not at a mm-hmm. glance. It's not as things change. Like Nika mentioned, the thing that we want to pops out as your head is if you purchase an Uber or order order an Uber, and you um, have that Uber widget, you'll be able to see actually the car getting closer. Not grammat uh, graphically or geographically on a map, but in a line, like a chronological thing, and it'll yeah, change as you're looking at yeah. it versus it being static to where you're just looking at information, but it doesn't change. Right. right. I think, and I think that's pretty cool. And, you know, I was looking at some of the, um, the imaging and it's kind of like, you can swipe filters on your lock screen, similar to if you're on like uh, Instagram or something and you're swiping like the colors or whatever. So I think, um, I think that's pretty cool. I think the other thing that I also liked, um, from the, I guess, safety perspective is the safety check. And um, that is essentially giving you access to, um, you know, to change who has access to your phone, um, you know, tracking. Yeah, like security features, like find my, Mm -hmm. you know, if you if you're sharing, like, say, boyfriend and girlfriend, you're sharing your location, you know, you're sharing iCloud photo library, you're sharing contacts. You're sharing uh, data storage and like passwords, the iCloud. Yep. You're, you're sharing passwords. The safety check, if you need to fire it off, it'll separate all that stuff at one time. So like you say, if you are worried about your, you know, being threatened, you feel like you're in danger from your significant other, trying to go through and remember each individual thing. Okay, I need to turn right. this off. I need to turn that off. I need to stop right. this. I need to stop that. The safety check will lop all that off at one time. Yeah. Yeah, you can do an emergency reset and it'll stop sharing any locations, messages, sign them out of the iCloud, change, you know, the ID. And what they mentioned during the um, keynote was specifically for people who are in domestic violence situations that um, that gives them a way to make a if they are leaving, it gives them a way to make a clean break um, because we know technology can be used for to manipulate people, to hold people hostage, to arrest those even, type you of know, things. Probably domestic violence is the main thing, but I saw mm-hmm. a story just last week to where a boy, a girl, the girlfriend found out that the boyfriend was cheating, mm-hmm. um, found his location, went to the restaurant, wherever mm-hmm. the guy was, funny? Yeah. got into an argument. The restaurant or the place, wherever they was at, told them to, all right, take it outside. They went outside, the girlfriend got in the car, hit the dude, and then ran over him multiple ran times. Over him. Right. So now she's in in, you know, brought up on murder charges, you know, and the dude is He's dead. dead. Right. You know, all because she was able, all because she was able to find him via Find My. So, you know, again, I would suggest not use it to hide where you are for nefarious reasons, but mm-hmm. You know, being able to um, quickly turn off, add an extra layer of data, privacy and security can help in a large uh, swath of uh, different A lot of use cases uh, for this particular feature. Um, So, yeah. So that is our thoughts on iPad OS. I mean, iOS. Well, yeah, that was 16. iOS. Uh, yeah, that was another iOS one. 16. Another one, real fast, is mm-hmm. they stepped up mail. Uh, the mail, the native mail client, it gives you the ability to unsend email messages similar to iMessages, but you can also schedule a message. Like, say, for instance, I'm up in the middle of the night, something pops in my head. I want to send an email because I don't want to forget. Well, instead of sending that email to the per- to the recipient at one o'clock in the morning. You can schedule an email to go out at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock the next day. So they so one, they'll see it, and two, it's not something that if they're trying to sleep and they, you're sending them an email, they're not getting those pings in the middle of the night, you know. Right. So that that was a yeah. cool one that I'm definitely gonna take advantage of. And I think another thing we probably should mention pass keys. So going into a more passwordless society, um, Apple's bringing in pass keys um as a as a different way to kind of manage, replace, handle any of your, you know, logins or security type things. And specifically this using this pass key 
you it, it, it never leaves your device. So it's not susceptible to phishing. So on the security front, which you talk about a lot, that is going to be helpful as well. And another thing um, I think may be interesting to note and to definitely keep an eye out on, um, in the wallet update, uh, Apple now has uh, pay later, similar to your, what, Klarna and- Affirm, all the, Affirm Yeah, all those mm-hmm. other places, they have now gotten into the um, kind of pay now, yeah, basically, they, basically, they gonna front you some money and let you pay over time. <laughs> over six weeks, I believe. Uh, four uh, payments. I don't know how payments. long. I don't know the, the the distance or the time frame, but they break it out in four equal payments. But you do have to okay. apply, so yeah. you just can't use it. Uh, but if you are approved, similar to PayPal and Affirms and other ones, um, it, it, it's accepted anywhere Apple Pay is accepted. So you don't right. have to have an Apple credit card. You don't have to do the typical tr- traditional installment plan. And it don't have to be on Apple devices. It can be on anything as right. long as as long as that merchant accepts Apple accepts Pay. Apple Pay. Mm-hmm. And it does say it splits it, it, like Terrence said, into four equal payments over six weeks. And then oh, over, six track, weeks, okay. over six weeks. And you can track what you owe and when you owe it in the wallet app. Yeah, so be careful with those things out there, yeah. folks. Uh, because I mean, it is, I, it is, a, it 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 is a soft pull on your credit. It's not a hard one, but it's one of those things where you can easily get wrapped up in overextending yourself if you aren't careful. Right. So, yeah, like Terrence said, be careful. I think he posted something. Did you post like an article, I believe, or something on your social media about it? No, it was just that. It was just. Oh, okay. um, uh, letting people know that this is out there uh, and it's a dope feature. Um, but similar, in moderation, <laughs> sim- but similar, you can see it's, you can see how easy it is, how easy it could be for somebody to fall into. Okay. Well, I don't have to pay $500 now. I can pay, you know, $125, whatever, uh, $500 broken down into 120, whatever it is. Um, you can, you can see how, okay, I can afford. $120 over four payments, $125. Do the math. <laughs> over the four uh, installments, and then something else comes up, $300. I can do, I, I, don't, I don't have $300, but I got whatever that, you know, $100 over. Stacking them up. <laughs> and before you know it, similar to the subscriptions like, like uh, Netflix and Apple TV and Amazon Prime Video Disney and Paramount Plus, Plus and yeah. Disney. Before you know it, <laughs> you knee deep in installments. And like Nika said, it's a soft pull to your credit. So it doesn't ding your credit as hard, if at all. But <laughs> forget some of those payments. <laughs> your credit is going to be hit the destroyed. So you that be part careful. hits the credit. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So that's going to wrap it up for iOS 16. Let's talk about our faves. In iPad OS 16, what kind of met your fancy on the iPad front? Uh, probably the uh, workspace, I think it's called. Um, space management is what it's called. And basically what it stage does manager. is stage manager. Yeah. <laughs> I said it all wrong. <laughs> stage manager is a way to manage your windows. It's a multitasking trick for iPad and for Mac that gives you a quicker way to view all of your open windows to the left side of your the screen of your iPad and your MacBook. And even take it a step further with the iPad, you can rearrange and resize windows on your iPad when before you could do the multitasking, but it was just the full width of the screen. And if you did two, two windows, that took up the whole space. Well, you can actually in iPad OS 16, you can widen and, and shorten and tall, tall and small uh, the different windows, similar to on a Mac. Like on a Mac, you can just grab the edges and make them big, make the windows any size you want. Well, you can do the same thing on iPad OS 16 with this new stage manager feature. So that's probably the one that jumps out the most at me. Um, and I'll also say a lot of the features that are in iOS 16 do carry over to iPadOS 16. Um, but I think the thing that 
I guess is my favorite of of this particular um OS is that it shrink it's it's taking the gap between a laptop and a tablet and it's shrinking it even more. It was already, you know, shrinking down a bit, but now um it's shrunk even more. Um again like Terrence mentioned, I have on a MacBook, you can, you know, toggle the size in of a window. You can now connect to external displays. You can move um, you know, images from your iPad onto another Mac. If you have the keyboard and the trackpad with the, with the magnetic, uh, the magnetic, the smart keyboard. The magic I, keyboard. Yeah, the magic keyboard. Mm-hmm. Right. It, I think for me, seeing this latest update, it just further solidifies that the, the gap between laptop and tablet, particularly on the, in the Apple space is, it's pretty, it's pretty small. And, um, uh, the differentiation between the two is, is, uh, is, is coming, it's becoming harder and harder to differentiate between the two. And I believe this update, I didn't mention it for, um, iOS 16, but iOS 16 is compatible with, uh, what is it? Everything um, iPhone 8. 7, and- yeah. Yeah. iPhone 7 SE, iPhone 7, 6S, or SE, and newer. And uh, did I say that right? Yep. And for iPad OS, it is, I had it in here. For iPad OS, it is uh, compatible with all the iPad Pros, um, the Air third generation and later, and the iPad mini and the iPad. Uh, fifth generation or later, so it covers a nice swath of um of devices. So that's going to wrap up iPad OS sixteen. Let's go ahead and talk about um. Let's do it. Let's do Watch OS. Watch OS nine is pretty simple and straightforward. Anything that um caught your eye on Watch OS? Um. Not really, really. Uh, probably the thing that probably has nothing to do with a watch is the fact that the your iPhone is doing a better job of giving you activity, um, tracking your activity. When before, the only way you could do that is via the watch with the accelerometers and all of all of the um, what do you call those things? Measurements that the, your Apple Watch can take your heart rate, your movement your speed your distance they're moving some of that into um uh uh iphone so if you don't have an iWatch, you'll get steps you'll get basic things you'll get distance you know it'll it can track some of those things so i thought that was cool to where they're like all right well we know everybody ain't got a watch not yet anyway uh right. so you still can track a little bit of activity uh, off of the apple watch um other than that um i don't know if this was part of apple watch or part of watchOS, but, uh, and maybe we missed it, but the ability to, uh, track your medication. So if you're taking specific, That's watch medica- OS. that is yeah. watchOS. Okay. So if yeah. you're taking, uh, different types of medication, you can input that information in and get like reminders of when you need to take your med- medication. And, uh, if the medication that you're taking may cause any sort of, um, uh, issues with some of the other medication that you're taking. So it just makes it a one-stop shop or your watch gives you just another place to where you can manage things as it relates to your health. Not right. only can it track your heart rate, not only that can it track, you know, your oxygen, blood level, ox- blood oxygen level, it, you can also track your medications. So that's just cool to be able to add that in there because that'll come in handy for a lot of people. I'm not on a lot of medications, but I'm pretty sure the people who are taking medications, being able to have that information there, set it up in the health app and have that show up on your watch is pretty cool. Yeah, for watchOS um, 9, um, for Apple Watch, I'm more concerned about new hardware because I I want a new Apple Watch. And the last, I think, one was um, Series 7. It wasn't a huge change from um, um, the series six, but, um, with that being said, again, the medications thing kind of stood out to me 
because it can remind you um, when to take them, you can scan the label so you don't have to necessarily type in stuff. Well, and if you do type in, it does it has like predictive text. So if you start typing in the name of a medication, it'll kind of fill it out for you. Or again, like I said, you can scan the label. Um, it does alert for any types of concerns or interactions. Um, and you can also, I think, which is really helpful, especially for people who take a lot of medications or maybe some of your um, older um, uh, parents, grandparents, or even there are a lot of kids who are, you know, um, who are, what is it, diabetic um, or have those type of issues. You can share health data with um, people that you select um, and it kind of gives them a track of, you know, what you're taking, what you're doing as well. And I think probably in emergency type situations or just for general knowledge, if you want to make sure that a person is making sure that they're taking their medications and being helpful. One of the other things I saw, and I just saw it when I went to get the link to put in the show notes, um, there's a new haptic feature, um, for, um, Watch OS that allows you to do like a double pinch and doing that double pinch, you can start a workout with it or take up a photo. I thought that was pretty neat. I always like the haptics that come along with this stuff because it's kind of like a little shortcut um, that you don't necessarily have to interact directly with. I mean like the, the gestures? Device. Yeah, the gestures, yeah. Yeah, speaking of haptics, um, uh, iOS 16, uh, the keyboard is going to get haptic feedback. And basically what that is, it, when you press the button on, when you press a button, when you touch the screen, you get feedback. A little from bounce. The screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Feels, that gives you the impression that you're actually pressing a button versus mm -hmm. actually touching the screen. So they're bringing that to the keyboard for iOS 16. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. So that um, is our take on watchOS 9. Mac OS Ventura, we got a new Mac OS as well. Anything stand out for you on um, Ventura? Uh, same thing as the iPad, uh, being able to use that stage manager to manage all of your windows. Uh, I am a uh, multiple desktop person, so I'll have like mail and I'll have Safari and I'll have messages and I have notes. So I have all of those as different windows and normally i'll just take my uh, finger and use the gestures on the trackpad of my macbook pro and swipe between the different desktops but if you have a bunch of them open you know that you'd be swiping for, Scrolling for a time. while yeah. yeah 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 so stage manager will give you the ability to actually quickly get back and forth to those different desktops those different windows uh so we'll see definitely how uh productivity uh goes up as far as using this new uh, Ventura. And I have to agree. I like the stage man of the app piles that are in the demo. Um, they kind of sit on the left side of the screen and they're just kind of like grouped little, looks like little stacks um, grouped and you can just kind of click in and access the full stack of whatever is in that. So that's kind of neat for me. I also liked the camera continuity, specifically the desk view and the studio light. Um, you know, we do, we record our show. We both have lights that kind of point towards us to kind of brighten our face and kind of let the face kind of be the most focused and kind of the background is a little bit darker. Um, I think the built-in um, studio light, I'm hoping that it reduces some of the need for extra lighting. And especially if you're not in your home setup or in a, a space that has a setup where you can do lights, you can still get the you know the lighted face area to give better clarity if you're on a zoom call or if you're facetiming or whatever the case may be so that's pretty cool and the other thing is desk view where with this camera continuity you're able to use your iphone camera which is a really good camera as a webcam we all have either the built-in on uh, if you're on a laptop or you have kind of like a lot of people have um, logitech or whatever you use or dslr camera as your webcam, you can now use your iPhone, super nice camera, uh, as your webcam. And the other thing is the desk view where it gives you the bird's eye view of your desk. So if you want to share something, whether it be, you know, a piece of hardware or something you drew or sketched, you can see that easily just by 
turning on or activating uh, this desk view. And Apple is working with Belkin to come up with some custom um, iPhone clips or holders or whatever you want to call them to make it easy to kind of snap onto whatever uh, you know monitor you're using to be able to tilt and move it uh, seamlessly and easy. So well, Belkin better hurry up because I'm pretty sure a lot of companies are going to have their El Cheapo their own version, uh, version. Yep. so they better hurry up and roll that out first because I'm pretty sure these uh, third party developers of products like that are probably chomping at the bit to get us to buy them for the low versus Belkin waiting forever. I don't know how much they're going to cost, but you know, Belkin, they make good product, good right. quality uh, accessories for Macs, for iPhones, but they better hurry up. <laughs> yeah. Cause they can easily get uh, hopped over if they take too long and people want to go ahead and, and get this rolling. And for, the uh, Ventura, it is going to be compatible with anything, um, anything 2015 and down, you won't be able to use Ventura. So that actually 13, is 27. Most of them are, are the earliest one is 2017. 2017. So 2017 yeah. and later, I think, uh, yep. Yeah, and then it's the MacBook Pro, the Mac Pro 2019. And of course, the studio is, uh, you know, that's 2022. So, uh, so yeah, so you're going to have to have a pretty recent device to, um, get, to be able to upgrade to Ventura. So that wraps up the babes from our software, um, type focus, but I did want to, um, get your take on, um, something. What was, I guess for you, the most unexpected part, if you had a most ex unexpected part of the keynote. Uh, uh, you, you didn't see it in the keynote, but Apple is started. They did have some people there uh, to actually watch the keynote on Apple's campus. Now it wasn't indoors. It wasn't in no theater or anything like that. They had stuff set up outside that when I was following along with Apple's keynote, I was uh, looking at other Twitter handles, you know, different people that are, you know, tweeting things, you know, up keeping folks updated on the latest developments. I uh, saw so a lot of people there that were posting um, shots from outside. So I thought that was pretty cool. Slowly but surely, seems like Apple is starting to figure out what they're going to do as far as bringing people back, whether it be employees or having guests, journalists people there for their special events. Outside of that, <laughs> only other thing I can think of is uh, your boy Tim Cook was uh, decked out. He had a nice jacket on, nice outfit. <laughs> so I made sure to comment on that because he was looking kind of, you know, he, he was kind of- A little dapper. Yeah, a little dapper. So I thought that was, that probably that'd be the one that I thought was unexpected. You know, he's actually got his fits together as the young mm -hmm. kids say. Um, I think for me, there are two things that were probably the most unexpected, not even a hint or a mention or a glimmer or a glisten of reality OS, which will, um, theoretically, <laughs> allegedly be a part of, uh, Apple's, uh, v mixed use VR AR headset, which I think is tentatively known as Apple glasses, I'm surprised, even if they didn't have anything, I'm surprised they didn't at least mention it or, you know, have something to say. I right. was looking forward to, to, to something in that realm since we were talking, um, software. Um, I think the other thing is that I was surprised about, or that was unexpected. Um, it was very consumer focused. It looked pretty much to me like any other Apple event where they're announcing new hardware for this to be the uh, developer conference, I was expecting a little bit more developer focused um, um, talk. They did mention some APIs. They glossed over them pretty quickly. It was kind of like a, a foregone thought. So I thought that was um, unexpected that they didn't really spend some time on um, you know, the developer tools, they did talk at the beginning, um, that they, they did say that they have, you know, a new slate of developer tools. They did tout their, um, their, uh, DEI contributions, the, 
um, the program that they have, I believe in Detroit, um, I believe they have um, one for um, um, Middle Eastern uh, women to get them into development. And I think there was another one, yikes, it is escaping me, but they did tout how they are trying to, and they have programs in place to bring um, underrepresented people, women, uh, minorities into the developer fold. And they currently have, I think uh, Tim said 34 million Apple developers um, in their program. And they, oh, the entrepreneur thing, that's the other one um, where, um, they are trying to bring in women founders and um, they have a, 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 a an entrepreneur camp or whatever you want to call it. Um, look at it, Google it for the specific name, but that's essentially what it is. It's a an entrepreneurship track program um, for developers on that front. Um, so those are probably the two biggest unexpected things for me. Overall, what were some of your big takeaways from the keynote? Uh, probably the fact that it seems like from iOS 16 specifically, they added a lot of features that users requested or users may find beneficial versus from what I, from my per personal opinion, Apple is like, all right, you're going to get the features that we think you should have. <laughs> versus now it seems like iOS 16 are like, you know what? Y'all want uh, to be able to unsend uh, iMessage messages? We're going to do it. So right. you want to be able to schedule emails? We're going to do it. So you want the iPad and the Mac to be closer as far as usability and uh, different use cases? All right, we're going to do that too. So I thought that was my my overall takeaway is that Apple really seems like uh, more so than previous that they're actually listening and got their ear to the ground of what people are looking for in their devices, like the lock screen, being able to customize your phone. That's another one to where they're like, all right, y'all want right. it. We're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I think for me, the biggest takeaway, because this announcement had a, a lot of stuff, it was really, jam-packed the announcement even though it was pretty long they went through so much pretty quickly but i think what i'm getting from this is that the fall event coming up is going to have a ton of hardware apple is going to sell you a lot of things come the fall and they're setting you up with this apple pay later uh so i think we can expect in the fall to see a full slate of of new hardware to come out of the apple camp so keep your eyes peeled for that to see if that actually happens i think so because it's a lot that they are introducing um not to have some new hardware to to put this these new um these new os's on so right right uh, a lot of people just assume that in the fall Apple is going to announce 14 and 16 inch M2 MacBook Pros. I don't know. Um, I think they're going to, especially with the power, the how much power the M1 Pro and the M1 Max chip have. Um, I anybody out there that's thinking, oh, okay, so they got the M2, so. It's only a matter of time before they do the 14 and the 16 inches or a Mac Pro with the M2 processor. I don't know. Um, I think Apple may hold off for a year longer than what people are assuming. So if you are in the market for buying a MacBook and maybe 13 inch, you think maybe a little bit too small? I don't know if I would wait. <laughs> Plus, like I mentioned before, uh, these computers getting so powerful to where you, I don't think you're going to feel like you've wasted your money if you bought a 14 or 16 inch M1 Pro or M1 Max MacBook Pro. You know, if you buy it now, you know, and let's just say I'm wrong, right? Let's just say you said, you know what, I'm, I can't wait any longer. I'm going to get last fall's MacBook Pro with the M1 
M1 Max or M1 Pro Max or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And then in the fall, they came out with a 14 or 16 inch M2. You're not going to be missing anything, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think based on the metrics, I think it's 20 percent faster than the M1 Pro chip, the M1 Pro chip, I believe. So I don't think we'll probably I, I agree. I don't think we'll see probably any new laptops. I'm thinking, of course, new iPhone, new iPads. I'm thinking we're going to get an update on AirPods. Um, I'm thinking we'll probably um, get um, an update on iPad. I think we may get a new iPad Pro. Um, those type of things. And I'm thinking we may we may see a reboot because I know we didn't talk about it and they kind of glossed over it in the announcement uh, HomeKit got a uh, revamp as well. There were a lot of updates to HomeKit. So we may get some home, maybe some HomePods or update to HomePod Mini because I don't think we've done any type of HomePod Mini or HomePod update. So maybe something in the home automation space. Um, Uh, So so, uh, probably what will happen is, and what I'm hoping will happen (laughs) to, to give my current equipment some new life, is Apple did mention at the uh, conference that they are going to adopt the Matter, which is a home automation slash smart home standard that a lot of different smart home products manufacturers are using, right? So Apple has for long with HomeKit tried to force developers, manufacturers of smart home uh, products to adopt their HomeKit standard for Apple Sets for better security for whatever the case may be. Well, they're finally saying, "All right, we're going to step out a little bit more and adopt this matter um, standard." Uh, what will so what that'll do is that'll give you a lot of a lot more options as to the products that you integrate into your smart home. So it won't be you only better use this type of lock or this type of camera or this type of thermostat, or this type of smoke detector, or lights. You'll, you'll have a wider options, uh, especially if you already have a quote-unquote smart home with already lights, you already have thermostats, you already have all these things. If they support Matter, and Apple supports Matter, then you'll be able to, to connect those existing devices into the home app for a, again, which is the main thing I've been looking for, and I haven't been able to do, is have a one interface for all of my smart home products. And I think, I hope, uh, Apple joining this matter um, standardization will do just that. Cool. And um, for all the software, um, all the OSs that we talked about today, the dev beta is out now. That was actually out on Monday um, at the announcement. The public beta is coming, uh, we're in June, so next month in July, and then we can expect the full release this fall. So coming soon, um, you know, things are in the pipeline and the way time has been moving lately, it has been moving pretty quickly. So that is going to wrap up our WWDC 2022 keynote recap of our phase uh, for this week's episode, Brother Tech. Where are you uh, in the news this week? And where can people follow you? Uh, nowhere uh, this week. So you can find me everywhere on social media at brothertech.com. I've been doing, <laughs> I've been doing a lot more tweeting lately, uh, but just not necessarily. You know, a lot of people think, well, I'll go to hit, uh, Terrence's handle and I get all the latest tech news. Man. Might be surprised. <laughs> it might be some other stuff, you know, because uh, I've, you know, for for the longest, I've been that type of person to where it's like, if it's not tech related, then I'm not necessarily going to tweet about it or whatever the case may be, you know, not necessarily I'm getting all super, you know, out there, you know, I'm not tweeting about cats or kittens or anything like that, or I'm not, you know, yelling at people on the internet like the internet does. <laughs> But, you know, I'm starting to tweet a little bit more, all that to say. So if you're looking for a good time, you know, uh, some level headedness, I guess, (laughs) you know, hit me up on all things uh, social media. And when I mean social media, I mean Twitter at Brother Tech. Cool. 
I am actually speaking on a panel tomorrow right. um, at the South Innovation Symposium uh, at the Atlanta Tech Village. I'm speaking on a panel about building a tech ecosystem um, with a couple other folks that um, I co-chair um, a, um, a group with at the gathering spot. So we will be having that conversation tomorrow evening. Should be a fun time. Um, and will it again, be live streamed or will they have video somewhere or do you have um, to be there in person? You know what? I do not know. Mm-hmm. I'll have to find that out. And if it is, I'll um, definitely um, tweet that out so that um, folks can turn in, tune in if that is a possibility. And also, uh, I am over um, on all the social media at Tech Savvy Diva. I pretty much am on Twitter. The other ones, I kind of pop in or out, but um, mostly you can find me on Twitter. And I too talk uh, about a lot of other stuff other than just tech on the social media. It's, you're gonna get the whole uh, uh, me in, in that sense, because I do talk about a lot of other stuff, uh, not just tech stuff. With that being said, you can connect, comment, and share and support our show by heading over to snobblewestcast.com to get all the details about our show, about us, and how you can support our show. With that being said, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Peace. Bye, everybody. <laughs>